$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. This is your host, this is your host, Tina. Welcome back to Geek Vibe Nation. Geek Vibe Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, hello, hello. As the intro said, this is the Top 10 by Geek Vibe Nation, and I am your host, Tia, if that hasn't been made apparent already. Um... Thank you all for joining us this morning. We have a really kind of cool topic that we're doing. It's a little different than our previous shows, but we decided to mix it up. We're kind of doing the uh, top 10 current Marvel and DC news, and we're also going to be discussing those topics and giving our theories. So really kind of cool, um, diverse than what we normally do, which, you know, we love that as well, but there has been a lot of news that has gone on lately that we just felt we needed to talk about. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my co-host for today, AJ. How are you? Very good. Excited. Stayed up to like <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning doing notes because I completely forgot, and then now nah, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. <laughs> you know, I just love that dedication. So, Right now, AJ, it seems like it's just you and I. Um, not sure where Ryan is. You know, we do this early in the morning, and some people, I guess, are just not morning people. But that is perfectly fine. Um, we're going to kick it off. AJ, you know, what is the first thing that you want to talk about today? Uh, I think we should talk about the biggest news there is right now, um, the Disney-Fox um, merger. Um what does I feel like we we are able to get a directed by Brad Bird, hopefully, who directed uh, Mission Impossible and Incredibles. One great action film and the other is a great family film and action film at the same time. Hopefully we'll get Galactus as the main villain as for the MCU as a whole. I hope we get um Deadpool and Spider Man together. Either live action or animated. Um, either one works for me. Um, getting a better X Men film, better X Men films, not focusing on one character, but the team as a whole. And finally, finally, we might get a great Doctor Doom that is actually close to the comic book version to to its origins. So my choice is the Disney Fox merger. 
<laughs> yeah, that is big news, honestly, because if you, you know, for as long as we remember, we've had two marvels, essentially, um, that have had to exist separately from each other, which for the fans is really not right just because that's not how it is in the comics. So for us who are in the, you know, comic book realm, this is, oh, I don't want to be so dramatic as to say a dream come true, but this is just really big to know that the X-Men and Fantastic Four are finally, quote, unquote, coming home. That's amazing. I kind of, since we're discussing this, and this is kind of more of like a news thing that we're talking about, I kind of want to dive in, AJ, and ask, you know, what you think about. So this is good news for us fans, right? But you have to remember that this is a merger of two companies. So the report is that Fox could lose up to, like, 4,000 jobs. What are your thoughts with that? I mean, a lot of people are kind of talking about negative, negatively on Disney about this, um, that this is what it takes to merge the two. So I just kind of want to, like, get your opinion on what you think about that. Well, obviously this is a sad thing for um, all the people that are losing their jobs at Fox. This is one of the reasons why I chose to do an opinion piece on thanking um, thanking the people at um taking the people over at Fox from um, giving us great movies and television at the same time. And this happens all the time in the film industry. Um, what is it? Um, things start to collide together, and then people get get in the middle of it, not even on purpose, but it's, like, incidental, and they get the full brunt of it. And this was this was going to happen either way. Either Disney was going to take it, or if um, who was who was it before Verizon? Who who was the one that was competing with them? AT&T. No, um, uh, com- uh, Comcast, Comcast. Believe Comcast. it or not, not was yeah. Yeah, and if Comcast would have taken it, they um, I feel like those people would have still lost the jobs as well. I hope they they're able to bounce back and find other jobs within the movie industry and that I hope that will go well for Disney I really hope that they do not only the MCU the um Marvel characters justice but other film properties as well like uh I think Die Hard is also kind of in this mix the Alien uh franchise Aliens yeah um, Avatar. I feel like that's gonna be left alone. To that's gonna be left alone with them. But yeah, I hope that Disney plans on doing all these the films that they gathered and make makes them do justice, so people will stop complaining that <laughs> Disney is just taking over everything, which. I guess it's sort of true, but not really, because we still have, like, three other major, two other major um, studios that still have a lot to contribute to the film community as well. 
Yeah, and interestingly enough, AJ, um, I was reading this article recently. So the uh, director and showrunner of Legion on FX apparently wanted to do an Alien franchise as well, but the uh, someone at uh, Fox denied him the rights to do that. So now that Disney is taking over, I mean, if Disney wants to keep those properties and kind of have, uh, you know, separate as well so that these, like, more mature uh, properties can kind of still live on, they could greenlight an alien um, an alien series with the showrunner for Legion. So some upsides as well for those, you know, kind of on the Fox side of things. But, yeah, obviously this is the biggest news of the century at this point. It finally went through after uh, – you know, years of negotiations, having to get the approval. I mean, this was a major thing. This isn't just two companies merging. They had to get the approval of countries, of everything. So this was massive. And we're going to, you know, be seeing how everything is moving forward. I'm sure that there's going to be a few uh, bumps along the road, but we'll see what happens. So, yeah, great. Uh, (laughs) uh, The... Other things, speaking about, so I'm going to get the next one, and I want, and it kind of has to do with the Fox and Disney merger, but it's the report that Deadpool will be the only property that is still brought over from Fox, like meaning that they're going to keep Ryan Reynolds, they're going to keep going on with their franchise with Deadpool, they're going to keep going with a third one, um, So, yeah, I mean, that is pretty big because with this whole merger, we thought, you know, we're probably going to lose Deadpool along the mix as well just because that seems like uh, something that would happen. I mean, he is R-rated. There was talk that maybe the Black Widow movie might even be R-rated, and obviously Kevin Feige shot that down. So if they weren't going to allow an R-rated Black Widow movie, why would they allow Deadpool to kind of continue on, uh, but they are. They said they were, so that's great news because uh, we love Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, and we know that there were more plans for movies in the future, and it's good to see that that's going to continue on. So uh, my question, AJ, is if, you know, what do you feel about Disney, about Deadpool now being the only property that's going to move on to uh, into Disney, essentially. Well, if, I, if I'm not wrong, it's just only Ryan Reynolds that is moving on to Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, moving on to um, Disney, and all the other characters might get might get recast or something. Like, hopefully they won't all get recast. Like, I love Domino. Zazie Beats as Domino, Colossus. Um... I like all those characters, and I hope that they'll stay on with Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. But I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work out. And if um, they do a Deadpool 3, is it going to have a theatrical release, or is it going to be going to Hulu at the same time? I'm not sure how that's going to work, but I, I can figure that 
that they're planning all this right now. Well, as soon as this merger happens, Kevin Feige and Bob Iger and all the people working at Disney is working hard over there trying to figure yes. out what, yeah. Uh, well, is Josh Brolin still going to play Cable, you know? Um, but Well, he's, uh, he's Thanos. He's Thanos, so it, I guess it depends on Endgame if he's going to die or not. If he's not going to die in Endgame, I don't think Josh Brolin is going to be Cable anymore. But if he does, right. he might stay as Cable. Well, you know what? I think that we should ask our newest uh, guest, Juwan. Welcome. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, Juwan, do not steal my thing. Yours is uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Mine is oh, hello, hello, true. hello. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not the host, so I can't welcome you. You're the host. I have to say hello. That's true. That's true. You, it, It's a pass this time. But, uh, Juwan... <laughs> Thank you for joining AJ and I on today's uh, topic, which we are kind of shaking it up a little, talking about the current Marvel and DC news and discussing that further. Obviously, the number 10 was the Disney and Fox merger, and the number 9 is we're talking about Deadpool being the uh, only kind of property that's moving into Disney. So if you want to kind of give us your thoughts on that and also do you think it's possible for Josh Brolin to still play Cable even though he is also Thanos? Um, yes. Uh, I'll start with that. Yes, Josh Brolin um, can still play Cable. Will he? I don't know. Uh, there's really no need to change anything of the current cast for Deadpool, mainly because <clears throat> the, the thing everyone has to remember when it comes to Brolin's Thanos, remember, they spent... 10 to 11 years building this character. Um, we usually don't see Marvel villains last past the, you know, their first introduction in the movie. Um, so there's no way you build a character for 10 years. Um, then you have his, you know, he finally shows up and then you keep him. Like this, this is his final arc. Like Endgame is not only possibly some of our favorite heroes' final arc, but it's Thanos' also. Um, I think Thanos will, Thanos' death will be the beacon that could lead to a Galactus, a Silver Surfer, uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Doom, stuff like that. So you don't want to keep him around. Now, that doesn't mean we, uh, we won't ever see him again, um, but there's no way you keep him alive past this movie. That, that's his art. Um, as far as Great. Deadpool, the Deadpool thing isn't as serious as a lot of people take it as. Um, Disney is all about making money. Uh, so but let's let's establish that. That's first and foremost. Deadpool made a lot of money. They want that money. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the way that they can do it to where it doesn't confuse people in the sense of, but wait, nothing else is rated R. Just separate it. Just separate it. Say he is not part of the Avengers MCU. We're using the character. Um, like you could say, you know how Fox properties used to start saying property of Marvel. It could still be that. It just wouldn't have the, the comic book scroll like the MCU does and stuff like that. Um, but you could do that. You could do that. And you could even have him make fun of the Avengers, make fun of the fact that he's not part of the Avengers. Um, but there's absolutely no need to, um, 
combine it. But if you do, the the best way to do it is, and me and Nick were talking about this, it'd be hilarious, bring Deadpool into the Avengers world, but have them bleep him and have him cognizant <laughs> of them bleeping him. Like, he'll go to curse at Iron Man, and then he'll hear the bleep, and then he'll go, wait, 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 are you guys bleeping me? Hold on one second. And then, like, he just goes into, like, how dare you bleep me? Um, and then, like, he's just totally ripping Disney and everything. So, like, there's fun ways to do it. It's not as simple as the MCU doesn't have anything rated R, so they're not going to do Deadpool or it's going to be hard. Rated at first, and then if you decide to want to bring it in, um, then you could easily do it. Just bleep them. I mean, <laughs> bleep them and then just make that, uh, you know, part of the humor. But if Deadpool comes into the MCU, he's not going to be, like, the leader of anything. So it's not even like you have to dedicate much screen time to the idea of him cursing. Um, it could just be something you do just to have a little bit of fun. Uh, but the marketing for whatever that movie is that he would be in would be classic. It would be, like, the finest of fine. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not that difficult to, to bring Deadpool in. And as far as Josh Brolin, excuse me, um, by the time they actually do another Deadpool or X-Force or whatever, Thanos will have been long gone. I think that actually would be hilarious if it's after that. Well, first of all, yes, it is Josh Brolin, but it's a big purple dude. So you could easily, I feel like, have him play both and be within the same universe. And Deadpool would obviously make some sort of joke like, weren't you just purple at some point? And, and Cable would be like, how many drugs are you taking? Or something like that. It would, they could make it hilarious, and I feel like it could work. So people who are worried, I, I, I just want to say don't be worried. Like, they got this. We're okay. Um, so, yeah, that was obviously what I wanted to talk about, about the uh, number nine slot. So, Juwan, since you've joined us, uh, give us your number eight. What do you want to talk about? Current Marvel or DC news? Yes. Put you on the uh, spot here. Uh, no, 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 that's fine. I, I have something in mind. I just wanted to make sure that was the, the parameters I was working within. Um, I want to talk, uh, I was actually just talking to Joel about this when we saw Shazam yesterday, the um, the whole Ezra Miller controversy um, mm. in the sense of the directors wanted a different movie. He wanted another movie. The studio was split. Um, now, what's funny about the situation is if, when Ezra turns in his script, which should be soon, especially if they're looking to start production into this year, um, if they don't like his script and he leaves, because um, I know a lot of people are like, well, if Warner Brothers doesn't like it, Ezra's still going to stay. No. These directors that they have, they like. They're not getting rid of the directors. If anyone's leaving, it's Ezra. Um, and the reason I bring up this topic is because the conversation when Henry wasn't, um, you know, was kind of seeming like he wasn't Superman anymore, was he wanted too much money, he wanted too much power, he wanted executive credits, and he wanted full control over the character. And I was telling Joel last night, I was like, Warner Brothers is bending the knee to Ezra as far as letting him write his own script. Um, So if they don't like it and he leaves, they're not going to bend the knee again for Henry. So it's a good chance that if Ezra is out, Henry is out. Like, the only way Henry would stay on as Superman 
is if everything they're saying he wanted, he conforms to all of it, or at least a good amount of it. Um, because it'll, it, it would take him wanting to be Superman desperately enough for him to come back as Superman. Because it doesn't look like Warner Brothers was looking to budge. Like, they were cool moving on to a different Superman. Um, so this whole Ezra thing is multifaceted because it's like there's so many layers to it because if Ezra's out, Henry's out, we know Ben is out, it's then like, okay, well, obviously they're not going to move forward with Ray Fisher because, like, you don't really need a cyborg, especially since you're introducing Blue Beetle. You really don't need a cyborg. Um, so then it makes it interesting because then you now have Gail Gadot and Jason Momoa. Um, we know Wonder Woman 84 is next year. Jason Momoa is slated to do the sequel to Aquaman. I'd be really curious um, because if Ezra's gone and Henry's gone, what that press will be like for Wonder Woman 84, knowing that its three biggest stars are gone, like completely gone. Um, so it, it, it's definitely more serious than just the Flash movie because it seems like it could have ramifications for another actor and possibly actors going forward. Um, so I did want to know you guys' thoughts on the different levels that this Flash, it seems like, I don't want to say controversy because it's not really controversy, but this Flash divide between the directors and the actor, what ramifications that might have going forward for this DC universe? Well, you know, well, if I'm, sorry, uh, no, if, I'm Gail, if I'm Gail Gaddett and Jason Momoa, I would feel a certain sort of way seeing that the most of the people who I was in the Justice League with are now gone. What is that moving forward? It certainly kind of, to me, would have maybe a little bit of a dark cloud of the camaraderie that maybe they were trying to build at some point. And so I would definitely feel that way. As far as, you know, Flash goes, if they're looking to start production by the end of this year, it, it seems almost like that's just not going to happen because there's so many moving parts here that you don't know about the script, about the director, if the actor is going to, you know, drop out. So what happens if Ezra Miller drops out? Are they going to completely scrap a Flash movie or are they going to try and get someone in right away to, you know, kind of stay along that uh, schedule? So it really kind of looks to me, again, if I was Gail or Jason, you know, trying to kind of get comfortable with the fact that moving forward, you're not going to have the old crew that you had. You're not going to have Ben. You're not going to have Henry. You're most likely not going to have Ezra. You're going to have, if you're looking to stay within this game, then you're going to have to get used to the fact that your new people are the people that you're going to be with moving forward, such as Zachary Levi, whoever they um, get for Blue Beetle. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, Cyborg is still in the mix. Are they going to bring him back? I don't know. So it is certainly interesting how we're seeing this pivotal move in the DCEU. I don't know what it's called now. Um, I'm still going to call it DCEU. uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they know... I don't think they know what, what it's called now. I think they're just saying, like, <laughs> movies. That, that's it. Just call us movies. We don't want to be labeled as anything. Because they said they don't necessarily want us to think that 
these solo movies leads to another Justice League because they're like, no, no, that's in the future. Right now we're just trying to make good movies. And it's like, okay, I get that, but, like, can we have some kind of consistency with the actors you have in the movies? Like, Ezra never got a solo. Henry unfairly never got a a sequel, uh, never got a solo. And it's just like, can you keep some of these people, please? I feel like that's a separate matter, though, because those people were brought in by, um, what's his name, Zack Snyder. And Zack Snyder mm-hmm. is, not, is not in that, um, that world of DC or DCEU anymore. And we also got a new leader that has a new plan for the overall DC universe. And what's happening right now with, starting with Aquaman and right now going forward with Shazam, it seems like his um, his plan, um, the studio is starting to have more confidence and and um, the people working over at DC now. So they're giving them more, they're giving them more um, freeway to make them execute those plans in a better way that, that they can. And with the matter of Flash, I feel like um, Ezra, Miller, Ezra Miller is starting, it's getting like a little cocky. And I feel like that's a little disrespectful to the people that are trying to plan this whole DC universe, some DC universe. So I really hope that they get someone new unless Ezra has a script that fits their needs. And... Uh, oh, what I just want to say, I think. And um, for Man of Steel, if Henry was brought off because of um, him wanting to be have all the power, then sorry, but he deserves to leave. What actors with actors, they don't deserve to have so much power that they control the characters. It's the people, um, the studios that are working hard and getting the public what they need. And I know that's what Ezra Miller is trying to do and what Henry Cavill is trying to do, but that's not their job. Their job is just to act and entertain people. And yeah, go on. And I see what you're saying with that, AJ, but if you're Ezra, you're Henry, and someone gives you a script and you – sit there and you're like, wow, I really don't like this. You're not going to put your best foot forward and you're not, and the audience is going to be able to see that. So I am seeing the point of, of the actor where, you and know, they, they, the they want to, they shouldn't do the role. They shouldn't do the role then. If they don't well, agree with what, look at the MCU, for example. Um, they all have like they're they're uh, the directors and all of the screenwriters are free to do what they do, but they follow specific rules so that they can have a cohesive cohesive um storytelling for the overall MCU. Like the person that was going to do Ant Man, um, he wasn't he w- he wasn't going to do it because that's not the script that they wanted as an overall universe or as the movie itself. So if the actor has a problem with the script and doesn't believe 
in the studio, then they shouldn't be there. See, I don't... Yeah, and... Go ahead, Sia, go ahead. I was going to say, and we might see that happen with Ezra. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, no, I... See, here, here's where I disagree, and I want to give an example, AJ, that um, I think he can kind of kind of get on board with. Mm. If if I was running Geek Vibes Nation poorly, right, like, I mean, really bad. Um, I had a few good moments, but overall, I just didn't really seem like I knew what I was doing. Mm. But I told you, don't ever question me. Just blindly follow me. Would you be on board with that? No, I wouldn't. But right, I would say I would say because of the new leadership and DC and their movies are proven to be critically and fan base successful and box office successful. Ezra Miller deserves to have their respect. Or I mean, not Ezra Miller. Yeah, Ezra see, Miller and gone. Only two movies have. Like, if you don't count Shazam and the good buzz that it's getting, like, if you want to wait for an actual yeah. theatrical release and then see what it does in the box office, DC has only had that twice. Like, yes, their movies yeah. made money, but they weren't they weren't critiqued well. Like, people didn't like them. Like, Aquaman and Wonder Woman is their most revered movie. I didn't even say Man of Steel had a level of... Uh, a level of high criticism based off of the, the tone of Superman. So if I'm mm-hmm. Ezra, you don't have a good track record. So but if I'm looking at old, the script. That's over the old leadership is what I'm saying. It's a new leadership now. What I'm saying now. is you're thinking, you're thinking new leadership in the sense of the guy that's the head of DC is new. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Warner Brothers doesn't change. Warner Brothers is the same Warner Brothers. Yeah. They see things, because remember, movies hit their door first before they come out in theaters. So they could yeah. still say, I don't like it, do it over again. I don't like it, take this out. I don't like it, take that out. Um, so it's like you don't ever want to blindly follow something you don't believe in. So if you're Ezra and you're looking at that script and you're like, this is bad. Like, this is really bad. No one's going to want this. I have no problem with you going to your boss and saying, look, I, I speak to these fans yeah. every day, like every convention, every premiere. They don't want to see this. So if you're smart, let me and Grant Morrison, the guy who wrote uh, some of the Flash comics, let me sit down with this guy, write a really good script, and then you can give it to these directors, have them direct it, we'll have a really good Flash movie. And I think if you're Henry, you've seen Superman go from super dark, which he never was in the comics. Oops, sorry, guys. Um, you've seen Injustice. Superman go super dark. Yeah, I'll point that out. Say it again. Injustice. There's a, there's a couple other comics, but that's the main one I can remember right now. No, I just mean in the idea of Superman's world being dark. Injustice yeah. turned his world dark. It, his world wasn't always super dark. Man of Steel introduced him as, like, the super dark world. It was like Gotham's mm. sister. Um, so if you're Henry Cavill, you saw your Superman get ridiculed in that. You saw him get ridiculed in BVS, a movie that a lot of people think is Batman's movie and not Superman's. And then he yeah. got really ridiculed in the idea of um, the mustache uh, being removed looks horrible. Oh, so if I'm Henry, <laughs> if I'm Henry, I'm saying I don't like how you guys have been going about my Superman. I want control on what happens with Superman. You guys obviously don't know how to properly do Superman. And the the comparison you're making with Marvel, 
that track record is impeccable. And I'll even go mm-hmm. as far as to say, if you honestly think Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau didn't have a healthy relationship with the first two Iron Man agreed, uh, movies, and then uh, Robert Downey Jr. was Shane Black, you just don't hear about it. It's not public. <clears throat> and that's my issue with Warner Brothers. Everything is public. Like, I shouldn't know as much as I know. But I can tell yeah, you right that now. I agree on, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. probably sat down with Favreau and was like, I kind of think it'd be better if Stark did this or Stark kind of went that way. And let's not forget, Robert Downey Jr. went from no one wanted to work with him to being one of the highest paid actors in all of of, mm-hmm. uh, of movies. That didn't happen with him saying, you know what, I'm going to just show up and do my job, guys. No! He realized how much money he garnished at the box office and demanded more money. And I'm almost 1,000% sure he has some say in, in what they do with his character um, yeah, you yeah. Know, throughout the Yeah, because he's used to the character, yeah. Right. So all I'm saying is it's easier with Marvel because the track record is, is impeccable. So the, you don't look and say, like, man, they really failed on characters. But you look at Warner Brothers, regardless of who's in that head seat, they have shown they do not have a large sample size of consistency. Yeah. Even if Shazam <laughs> is this big hit, three movies out of like eight is not a good percentage. So you need 80, Wonder Woman 84 to do great. You need um, Gotham City Sirens. You need all those movies to start piling up before we can go, you know what? I don't think you should question like Warner Brothers. Like they've had like eight really good movies in a row. So to me, I don't ever like the idea of blindly following someone even if it's something you don't believe in. If you don't believe in it, yeah. speak. Like, it's not like if Ezra doesn't do Flash, he won't have work ever again. So, yeah, speak. Yeah. That's just my thoughts. Well, it'll just certainly be interesting to see what happens, and I'm sure we'll be finding out, you know, within the next few weeks or months or so. But uh, going to move on, just so that we don't spend too much time on each uh, topic. So... <laughs> Because I said, I was like, we got to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, AJ, I will shoot it back over to you to give us the number seven slot. Uh, I'm going to do the James Gunn returning the Guardians of the Galaxy and it's still stand on um, the Suicide Squad. Um, after the huge war <laughs> that what um, James Gunn tweeted 10 years ago and people complaining and studios, in my opinion, doing the wrong thing for firing him and all of that was just a mess. But hearing hearing him come into um, the Suicide Squad, I had hope for, I had hope for the DC Universe again because he does characters well and he makes those unique characters um, fun and entertaining. But hearing that he's also going coming back to um, the MCU, I feel like was a smart thing on Disney's part. I also feel I don't know why I don't know why they fired him, but my guess is that they fired him so that the that controversy will like die down, and then I feel like this was like sort of planned, but not truly planned at the same time because they wouldn't have let Warner Brothers get James Gunn at the same time. But hearing that he's going to do both 
shows that the um shows that the trolls on the internet can't complain about DC and Marvel competing against each other, um, saying which one. Well, you can say which one's better and which one's not, but having one director and direct two different um two different um two different movies two different um universes so marvel and dc i feel like it's a smart plan even though i don't think it was intentional so that's my pick um jane's gonna return to guardians and still sticking with suicide squad the thing is when the whole uh james gunn firing first happened I obviously was shocked just as much as everyone else um, with it. And, you know, Dave, I, we always mention Dave Batista because obviously he was the most vocal <laughs> during all of this. Um, and him saying that, you know, Disney was kind of, you know, bowing down to the trolls, da da da. I understood why Disney let him go. I didn't agree with it. Certainly not. I was, you know, that was huge to me. And I even spoke about it. Uh, one of the shows that I did with Juwan, how I just felt like it kind of created a black cloud over everything. But I understood because it's Disney. They're supposed to be a family-friendly studio. And to have something like that come out, it was a lot of pressure on them. And to them, I guess they thought that the only way to put out the fire was to just get rid of James Gunn. But obviously since then, I mean, we had all these, you know, Dave Batista is going to be out. The whole Guardians are going to be out. They're going to use a different uh, script. They're going to use the same script. And it's like, what is going on here? And then finally when it was like, James Gunn rehired, I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God they did that. But I and think the, it's great and that, that it was And the fact that it was kept under wraps, I, I bet you that they had this like, um, plan um, for like, over a couple months with Warner Brothers saying that we want James Gunn's back, but Warner Brothers wanted to keep James Gunn, so they they um, planned it together so that James Gunn can do both, and I really like that, and I like that it was kept under wraps. Oh, yeah, you know that it wasn't something as simple as one day James Gunn is just sitting at home and gets a phone call from um, Marvel or Disney, and they're like, hey, James, you're back. And he was like, yeah, you know that, <laughs> yeah, you know that he had to have discussions. He had to sit down. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be surprised if lawyers were involved just because that seems like something that could have happened. So you know that this was planned and kept under wraps for a little while, and done so that James can do both the Suicide Squad and Guardians. And to have his touch in both. The thing is, though, AJ, I would have loved for that to be more of like a something that kind of united people. But in a way, it also seems to have divided people. Because I'm telling That's you, I see... I, I see sometimes on people's like Twitter in their bio they have hashtag fire James Gunn. Oh, now we're <laughs> getting him, and I'm like, oh, it never stops. It never ever ever stops. Um, but uh, Juwan, I know we talked about this on one of the previous shows, but you know, what are your feelings and thoughts of James Gunn coming back to Marvel? 
Uh, it was good. I mean, Feige made it clear he didn't want James gone. It was a Disney decision, which makes sense because if you're running a business, uh, usually a successful one that never really has negative um, uh, publicity, uh, you don't want it. You don't want to be a part of any of it. So just to kind of calm things down, you let him go. Um, I believe they they told him when they let him go, it's not forever. We just, like, we need this to, to die down. We don't need this controversy coming into Guardians 3. Um, so as long as, like, he doesn't have any other tweets that people can bring up uh, around Suicide Squad or uh, Guardians 3, he'll be great. But I do think that was a conversation um, Disney and Feige had with him that it's, it's just for now. It's just for now. If it didn't happen that, that long ago, I want to say maybe middle of last year, Maybe yeah. a little earlier. Um, so it wasn't like it's been years, it's, you know, anything like that. So I think that was always the conversation. And I think James Gunn told Warner Brothers, there's a chance I could go back to Guardian. Um, so I'm letting you know that. And they were like, well, can you at least do us first? He's like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, sure. I'll do you guys <laughs> first, then I'll go do Guardian. So I think that, because, that, again, I think what a lot of people forget is there is no beef between Warner Brothers and Disney. None. I mean, outside of the, of course, being competitive, wanting to be the better uh, company, but there's no beef. So I'm pretty sure James Gunn was was honest. I'm pretty sure Disney was honest. Um, And I'm pretty sure Disney was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, do that first, and, you know, come on back. I mean, it was the same thing Feige said when Whedon went from Age of Ultron to go over and do, um, originally he was supposed to do Batgirl, then he oh, yeah. ended up doing Justice League, but when they asked Kevin Feige, he was like, "Yeah, Whedon called me, and I told him go do it. Like, <laughs> don't ask me, man. Go, go do it. That's that's a great opportunity. So there's obviously no beef between the two. If anything, they help they help each other. The competitiveness helps each other in the box office. If one is good, the other, uh, the other might be good, and together the box office will be good." for the both of them. So, if anything, they help each other out. Yeah, they yeah. need each other because if if DC failed, like let's say Warner Brothers failed on DC and like no one wanted to go see those movies and it was only Marvel, the oversaturation of Marvel might put off a lot of people because that's all you, you've been seeing for like, what, 10, 12, 13 years? Um, mm-hmm. So, you need something that's different, that has a different feel, a different vibe and DC is what brought that. And from that, you're now getting Valiant that's making movies. You're now getting Transformers wanting to start a universe. So it helps keep things fresh so you don't get an oversaturation. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, one question, with James Gunn being brought back for Guardians, which, really quick side note, I saw some people who were saying that James Gunn should have refused Disney, and I'm like, if I'm James Gunn, I want to finish my trilogy. I know the fans are waiting for it. I know the actors are waiting for it. So I'm not going to say no. But weren't there talks before he was let go that James Gunn was going to have, like, a really big involvement in the future of Marvel, you know, as far as, you know, executive producer, this, this, and that. So with that said, is is that still on the table, or is he just being brought back just to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and then after that, James Gunn still doesn't have a future with Marvel? 
I'd say it's it's up to James Gunn. <clears throat> um, I remember. Uh, I think I think it was rumor, but I think this was just a conversation I had with someone. I thought whatever the next Avengers movie was, he would be the guy to direct it. Um, I mean, it just it, it's logical, uh, mainly because you would assume Marvel would enter into a new phase with the Avengers into space. What guy better to introduce the Avengers into space than James Gunn? So if it's Secret Invasion or if it's anything like that, um, even though I think the Russos said they want to do Secret Invasion, um, I think James Gunn's the next logical guy. But I, I don't think you bring him back to Guardians 3 and then tell him, nah, we're, we're good. Like, don't don't ever come back. I think that that'll be a decision they leave at the feet of James Gunn. But I do think Marvel's going to start to, especially with the idea of Fantastic Four coming at some point, you're going to usher in a space era. So um, I think James Gunn's the perfect guy to introduce a Galactus, a Silver Surfer, guys like that. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that would be perfect. Um, So, yeah, obviously James Gunn coming back, huge news. I'm going to take the number six spot and kind of, like, transitioning into, like, the whole space thing. Uh, I want to talk about the Eternals really quick. Uh, Specifically... um, Specifically, the the announcement that they want to cast a uh, gay male as the lead, which would be the first time in uh, Marvel's you know history of doing this, because obviously Kevin Feige said moving forward he wants to kind of get more diversity into his movies, such as you know we had prior to Black Panther. Come on, guys! Every single uh, you know lead has been a white male. So now you have Black Panther, you have Captain Marvel. So it would almost be logical to move forward, you know, to have some LGBT representation, which we, we, as far as I know, you guys can correct me, we have not had within the film MCU. With the Defenders verse, obviously we had a few uh, members of the LGBT in there, but not in, you know, the Avengers movies. So the fact that they have announced that this is their desire for the Eternals is really big because you do have a lot of closed-minded people who are still out there who I'm sure are going to object and just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on on this. And I guess I'm going to shoot over to Juwan first to ask you how do you feel about this announcement with the Eternals. <clears throat> I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, uh, especially if they're I, – I hope they don't go the route of Luke Evans because I have so many other roles I want Luke Evans for. Sinestro, <laughs> Namor, um, just uh, Wolverine, just a few others. Like, don't cast him for Hercules. Um, but um, Hercules, to me, was a weird character you were deciding to, to make um, – Gay. It just it, he never was. So I was just like, oh, okay, all right, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm completely fine with it. I mean, it doesn't detract anything from the movie, from the story, from the character. Um, so I'm always game for you changing things as long as it doesn't drastically change the character. And you making Hercules gay doesn't doesn't do that at all. So I'm completely fine with it. Right. 
And it, again, I think speaks to uh, Feige's, which now I'm finally pronouncing his last name correct because I always wanted to call him Feige for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but so <laughs> uh, Feige, you know, his mission to try and bring in more diversity uh, to his movies, I think, is really admirable to show this. Um, I just. I am really curious to see what the, not backlash, but of course the response is going to be, because we know that there's going to be trolls out there who are so utterly against it, um, just as just as they were with uh, AJ and I were talking about this before the show, now that I finally watched Titans, you know, the casting of Starfire. We saw the uproar of the decision to cast uh, Starfire as an African-American woman. So it's just going to be interesting to see what kind of the reaction is with this. But, AJ, you know, what are your feelings with the announcement that for the Eternals they're looking to cast a gay male lead for the movie? I mean, it's I'm fine with it as well. Just. I think it's good that Kevin Foggy wants to start diversifying. So, like, not only does that help the comic book genre, but that will start to spill over with just films in general and into Hollywood so Hollywood can start changing a little bit more instead of being, like, an all-white cast and just all straight etc etc it will start to get more representation between gays blacks asians all of that so hearing that we'll finally get um a gay lead in the movie is cool with me and to all those trolls um just let them talk what they have to say because all i know is they're going to see the movie they're just talking for for clout and all of that. I also want to point out um, Umbrella Academy. Um, Klaus as a gay character, I really was one of my favorite characters in that movie. I mean, not movie, (laughs) Netflix series. And to have something like that in the Eternals, I would love. So I, I agree with this. I like this. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to highlight a little just because I thought that was huge when it was announced. Um, So I'm glad to see uh, Marvel's mission moving forward. But, yeah, so just kind of wanted to highlight the Eternals a little. It is honestly a group that I really have no clue about at all. But Go ahead. Sorry, Javon. Oh, no, no, I'm I'm sorry. I was just going to say the Eternals are – they're important to what the MCU um, can be doing going forward because the Eternals could be how you explain mutants, uh, that they could give birth to uh, the idea of mutants. Like, that's how the mutants started. So if they go that route, um, it'll be a lot easier when you do get into the world of the X-Men because the Eternals um, introduced it. Yeah, and... The thing is, so, you know, again, I am very active on Twitter, so I see a lot of what people are saying. And there's some who are saying, you know, that they have no interest in the MCU after Endgame. They have no idea who the Eternals are. And in my mind, as, I guess, a just a moviegoer, not so much even a comic book reader, 
I had no idea who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, but now I care a shit ton about them because of how the movie was done. So if you do the movie right and you, you know, do this, then people are going to care about the Eternals. People are going to want to see more of the Eternals. So I'm completely confident in Marvel. As far as I'm concerned, they really haven't had a flop yet. I mean, we can all agree that, like, or Dark World and Age of Ultron were not any of our favorites, but they still weren't considered flops. So um, really quick that I want to kind of point out. So we have the Eternals coming. Do you guys ever see a chance of a movie, not a TV show, because I know there was a TV show and it failed horribly. Do you see a chance of Inhumans ever coming to the MCU in the sense of a movie, like completely redoing it, and forgetting that that series ever even existed. I hope so. I hope that I hope that it becomes a movie because them changing it to make it into a TV series sounded good, and it could have been like a Game of Thrones esque. But I feel like that would have been better as a movie than a series, in my opinion. And to, I think Vin Diesel was cast as Black Bolt. If I feel like that oh. his voice, that his voice and his um, his um, what's the word? Okay, his voice carries over on the screen, and I feel that he would have been a perfect casting for Black Bolt. And to see the whole family come into like um, fruition. I feel like would have been much better on screen than on as a TV series. It wasn't a low budget too as a TV series or. I mean, I didn't ever check out Inhumans just because it got such bad reviews. I was planning on watching it because um, one of the characters, I forget the actor's name, but you know, he played Ramsey in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, That was a good cast. I like that one. Yeah, so I was excited for that, but I mean, the reviews absolutely butchered it, and the fact that it got canceled after one season, I was like, oof. You know, at that time, the shows in the Marvel realm were not getting canceled, so that worried me a shit ton. But, um, yeah, so kind of moving on to that, I got a little off track, but uh, I guess Juwan has the number five spot. All right, just really quickly, though, by the way, uh, an Inhumans movie would work, mainly because Inhumans were created in the absence of X-Men. So now that you have X-Men and Fantastic Four, there's absolutely no need for um, uh, the Inhumans, mainly because the stories kind of are similar, so you don't really need a a double-up of it. But Marvel was doing a movie when they thought they weren't ever going to get the X-Men back. But now that you have it, absolutely no need for Inhumans. Like, absolutely none. Um, Excuse me. But as far as my pick uh, for Marvel DC News, I'm trying not to go bias and go Batman. So let me dig a little (laughs) deeper here. Um, It's okay, Jawan. It's okay. That was was my next pick anyway. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'll leave it. I'll leave it for AJ then, because I, I do okay. have something else I, I do want <clears throat> to, excuse me, discuss, um, and that is the idea of uh, DC doing Elseworlds. Um, I think that's huge for them. I think um, it's huge and also a bit confusing, um, 
but it is good for them. Them doing a Joker film that's set completely separate from whatever they're doing with their their shared universe. Um, it gives them. It gives directors don't want to do trilogies, don't want to do sequels. It gives them an opportunity and actors, because um, I know Ryan Gosling really wanted to be Joker, but wasn't about to commit for six films. Um, so that's why we didn't get Ryan Gosling as Joker. Um, probably why we weren't going to get Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman. Like these guys just don't want to commit. They want a chance to do these indie films, these Oscar films, and if you're held up it could possibly be a scheduling conflict that you then have to conform to your, uh, your superhero um, contract. So the idea that you could bring in a, a producer like Martin Scorsese, a director, um, God, I can't believe I forgot the director for the Joker film. Um, whatever. But the idea that you Todd could bring Phillips, in these guys. Say it again. I think it was Todd Phillips. Yes, thank you, Todd yeah. Phillips. He did um, Hangover. Uh, yeah, he did Hangover. Um, the idea that you can bring these guys in, and the idea of Scorsese being a part of a, a comic book film, not superhero, a comic book film world, is insane to me. But Joker fits. So you're you're opening up abilities for all these directors that might have wanted to stay away because they didn't want to do trilogies, these huge things. Um, they didn't want to have to be boxed in to connect to something else. Um, that's a lot of freedom, like a lot of freedom. So then it gives you an opportunity to do things like Superman, Red Sun, Dark Knight Returns, um, you know, Injustice. Like it just gives you the freedom to just do these one-offs and, you know, be able to just make one film, make it really good, make it how you want. Uh, So I think that is ushering in something very positive. Again, if this movie hits on all cylinders, it is a hit. You're going to have a lot of directors that are like, I read this one DC comic that I would love to make one movie about. Um, let me call up Warner Brothers and see if I can do that. So I am curious to see that if this is successful, will it, will it garner a sequel? And we know, what's his name, um, that's playing the Joker does not like these, these multi-contracts. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't like it. He said that. Yes, um, he said that. Thank you, AJ. He said that numerous times. He doesn't. He doesn't like that at all. That's why he he didn't do Doctor Strange. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting. And if it's successful, what do you call this world? Like, you just call it Elseworlds, or yeah. um, you know, do you commit? <clears throat> do you do Blue Beetle in Elseworld? Do you do? Excuse me. Um, you know, do you do characters like that that aren't that big? Do you do those in Elseworlds? So it'll be really interesting to see how that, that opens the door for a lot more conversation uh, for Warner Brothers. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, you see, say even about, like, Martin Scorsese. I mean, you have Robert De Niro in the new Joker movie who had expressed that he had never had any desire in being in a quote-unquote superhero movie. The fact that he's in a Joker movie just kind of speaks volumes. And when you said, Juwan, about being uh, not, I guess, pigeonholed, you know, where you're committed to these long, you know, universes and multiple appearances, I remember once a couple of years ago, maybe like two years ago, I went to Big AppleCon in New York City, and they had a small Daredevil panel. And I forget his name, actually, honestly, but the guy who played Foggy 
was saying, you know, as much as he loved doing it, it did make it a little difficult to get other roles because you had to be so committed to Marvel. So I definitely understand, like, an actor's, you know, um, hesitation in jumping into this because now there's such an expectation for these actors to stay on long term and do all these other things, and that may conflict and may make them have to turn down other roles that maybe they really wanted. So I certainly understand that. Um, AJ, what are your, you know, kind of thoughts about uh, an else world being developed? I love it. I love this idea 110%. Um, I like what um, Juwan mentioned earlier. I like that they, that these are like going to be one shoot, one shot films and not one shot. Um, they're going to be one films and then they're done. So um, starting off with Joker and doing like a character study for, for him and having a great director as Todd Phillips and a um, perfect um perfect actor and walking in Phoenix doing those doing that I feel like it can it can show that these um this type of um filmmaking can work for a comic book genre and to have like you mentioned either Blue Beetle or um Plastic Man or um probably even New Gods I, I don't think New Gods will be in the overall DC World. If new, I hope New Gods is in this, and you can show that Ava. I, I don't know how to um, pronounce her last name. Give Ava. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> um. It will show her um how great she is because she doesn't have to worry about um connecting anything. All she has to worry about is that specific storyline and how she wants to do it. And even on Twitter, you can see that how excited she is on working on New Gods and having these different stories being told, hopefully, if Joker does well. Um, having these new stories, like we can have Batman rip where Batman died, well, died and come, comes back to life, or we can have um, The Killing Joke. Or any any of the big name comic book titles, we can have those as like overall movies, and to get um, Oscar Oscar performance, um, Oscar winners or Oscar nominated actors, actresses, directors doing those one time films, and then still they can focus on other things to do. So I I like this. I like the Elseworlds. I will say New Gods, AJ, will have to be in the DCEU, mainly because if you introduce Darkseid, Darkseid is the end game for whenever they do decide to do another Justice League. Um, And remember, uh, Warner Brothers just said that they're not looking to connect movie to movie. That's why Aquaman only mentioned anything in the Justice League world once, and that mention is only the mention of Steppenwolf. Um, excuse me, and Wonder Woman briefly did it with Bruce Wayne sending her the photo. So they're not looking to do like Marvel does, where it's like an end credit scene that leads into the next film. Like, no, they do it by like a tad of of, uh, dialogue, and that's it. So they're not looking to connect. So Ava DuVernay wouldn't be confined to having to do that. 
Um, it just depends on, like, is she looking to do a one-off or is New Gods something that they're launching into the future so when Justice League 2 comes, we do get Dark Side? Yeah. Um, and by the way, AJ, I think that the Joker is going to be incredibly successful. Everything I, that yeah, I've I seen. Think so too. Yeah, everything I've seen from the behind the scenes photos. Uh, and also, I just really like Joaquin Phoenix. When they uh, announced that, I had no doubt. I mean, I was a little confused because I was like, isn't Jared Leto the Joker? But the fact that they're making it separate, I was like, cool, on board, totally. And when they showed his costume, I loved the variation of it, that it is different but also like an homage to past Jokers. I'm just really excited for it. Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill it. So I have no doubt that the Joker is going to be good, and it's definitely going to pave the way for other uh, independent movies that are a little more low budget because doesn't the Joker have, like, an extremely low budget? Um, And that's kind of the point that they want to make it like that. So I think that uh, we're definitely going to see a really, a really good Joker, huh? Uh, No, I was talking myself, sorry. (laughs) It's no problem. Uh, So, yes, moving on. AJ, you have the next one. I guess you wanted to talk about Batman. (laughs) Juwan's favorite topic. Um, So I'm doing Matt Reeves' um, Batman Begins um, December 2019. Um, Unless that's – yeah. So the fact that we're going to get a noir Batman, so we're talking like – movies, classical movies like Chinatown, Sin City, Gilda, and Blade Runner. That's the type of films that we are looking for, that I'm looking forward to, um, forward to the see in Batman. And there's a quote that says, uh, um, that Matt Reeves says that, I love this to be one where when we go on, a, on that journey of tracking down criminals and trying to save a crime, so the fact that he wants to um, go on a journey, um, it would actually build Gotham into a character much like um, Chris, yeah, Christopher Nolan's um, Gotham. So we'll have like a deep richness of different characters and the mythology of Gotham at the same time showing, showing the amazing landscapes and all of that. And, I feel like this has the potential to be even better than The Dark Knight. Uh, one of the most, um, The Dark Knight and even Logan at the same time. And to have this as a detective story, a detective-driven story for Batman is, I just love it. Uh, it's amazing. I can't wait for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I it's, I, I'm excited just because I like the idea of this whole, like, noir type of uh, Batman movie. It's going to be really refreshing to kind of see where maybe Matt Reeves is going. I'm just so interested to see who is our Batman. You guys know that I am a little hesitant with how young he wants to make Batman, but Richard that's Madden. just me. Richard Madden. Oh, I'm done, sir. I haven't seen him in anything else except Game of Thrones, but my friend, actually Kelly, keeps saying how amazing the bodyguard is. So maybe I should just kind of catch up on that and really 
try to see if I can see him as Batman. Looks-wise, I have no problem with him being uh, Batman. That would be interesting enough. Um, but I, I just I need to know who Batman is first. Uh, Juwan, kind of, you know, give us your thoughts because we know how much of a huge Batman fan you are and also how you're still mourning uh, Ben Affleck not being Batman <laughs> anymore. <laughs> It's funny because I I slowly got over it. Like, I'm fine with it. Um, It was just one of those things where it was like, you finally got a great Bruce Wayne, great Batman. His fighting skills are there. His detective skills are there. Alfred was badass. And then he's gone. So it was just one of those things where it was just like, oh, come on, man. You wasted it. You wasted him on BVS and and Justice League. Um, But, no, I mean, I'm excited um, a bit only because I feel like Matt Reeves has been so conflict, uh, whether it's with Warner Brothers, whether it was just with the idea of Ben going or leaving. Um, I will never like the idea of his Batman being 25, if that's the age that he goes for. I just, I won't. And I, I, I never will. Um, because it's just, it's, he became Batman at like 23. So if he's only 25, he can't have that many of a, he can't have that much of a rogues gallery in the course of like two or three years of doing, um, and he can't be that experienced. Let alone <clears throat> the world's greatest detective. Like that's why I said just make him thirty. Like thirty isn't old. I don't know why everyone keeps acting like thirty is such a a crazy age to make a Batman. Just make him thirty. Like it, thank it, you, it, Juwan. Makes, I have to interrupt. <laughs> I have to interrupt really quick because as someone yeah. who just turned as someone who just turned 29 uh, like two weeks ago, 30 is not old, guys. I do not feel old just because I'm one year away from being 30. So the fact that they are like acting as if that is so old, because you know that I am like a champion for Ben Barnes to be uh, Batman, and he's like what 35, 36, and it's like, oh, that's too old for Matt Reeves. I'm like, but why? Why is it too old for Matt Reeves? Like, he, at see, this point, he's gonna make someone who's like 18. <laughs> see, I get, I get 35, I get 35 and up being something that you kind of steer a little clear from, only because you're now, you're now veering into 40s, mid 40s, late uh, late 40s. That's around where Ben was. So I'm saying if you make him 30, like legit, just 30. Like he just, you can even say his birth, his it's his birthday during the course the course of the movie. But if you make him 30, that gives that actor, depending on how old the actual actor is, so much time to play Batman. Like I, I think what a lot of people need to remember is if you go old older for Batman. And let me not say old, just older for Batman. Um, Batman's not a guy that they're going to pump out movies for, like, every two years. Like, it's going to be spaced out. And you want to do a Justice League movie eventually. So you got to kind of be realistic in the person's age and then how long you're looking for them to be Batman. Um, That's why Ben wasn't going to work out because you made Batman 50. So it was like, all right, well, wait, hold on. So, like, by the time Justice League 2 comes out, he could be 60, like the character, not actual Ben Affleck's age. It was just like that. It never made sense for Zach to make Batman that old. Like, it was just like, it was dumb. Um, but no, to me, I want an experienced Batman. I want a Batman that we don't have to go through his, his origin. We don't have to go through 
the growing pains. He's an experienced crime fighter and an experienced detective. That's all I want. And making him 30 from the age of 25 is not that much of a leap. I will will say that just because he's young, we we don't have to go back to his origins all over again. Like what they did for um, Spider-Man Homecoming. They did everything. They made a young Peter Parker, but they didn't go back to uh, Ben, ben Parker died and, and Him getting all bit by the spider. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do all of that. They just went straight for it. And they can do the same thing for Batman. And I would say that I like that they're going for a younger Batman because they can it'll show the inexperience that he has from starting out and him growing throughout those films, I feel like will better benefit Batman as an overall arc. That's well, what I'm saying. I w- I'll also point out, though, as far as, like, I didn't have so much of a problem as Batman being, like, 50 because, I mean, wasn't, Ro- you know, Robert Downey Jr. isn't necessarily a young guy. And when he started the MCU, I mean, he's been on it for 10 years. So that... And also Sylvester Stallone's like 75 and still making freaking Rambo movies, Expendables, <laughs> Rocky. So I just guess that uh, you got an actor who just wasn't uh, in it for the long run. Yeah. As I mean, Juwan wants to like <laughs> explode right well, now. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently um, he was told from Zach that Zach was going to kill off Batman. So I think he thought there is no long run. He's going to kill me off soon. So I think when Warner Brothers is like, man, people love your Batman, so yeah, how about over the course of eight years? It was like, wait, what? I thought it was over the course of like three movies. You're talking eight years? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, that doesn't work for me. Um, But that's why I want – and again, you making Batman young, um, another issue you have is whenever you do introduce Batman into a Justice League world, you kind of got to explain how he went from gray hair on the side to barely even facial hair. Um, like, you, you're going to have to explain these things. And I think the best thing for Matt Reeves to do is don't put a year on Batman. Like, if the rumor is true about it being in the 90s, that will fuel people to think that Ben's coming back. And let me tell you why. If, if his Batman is in his 20s in the 90s, right, That'd make him about the same age Ben Affleck's Batman was in current time. So then you would have people thinking that you're showing a, you know, uh, how Batman started, but then it ends with him in current day. Don't do that. That's confusing. And then you'll have these bat, these Ben Affleck stands, like myself, opening the door for him to come back in the future. And I don't want that. I want the door to be completely shut on that. So if you're going to make a present-day young Batman, just don't throw a date on it. Don't throw a date. And just hope that people forget that Ben Affleck was ever Batman. That, that, that's all you can really hope for. I mean, people people will start to forgive all the inconsistencies. Oh, my God, I can't even say the word. <laughs> uh, um, they'll, they'll, forget, they'll forgive all that if Matt Reeves' um, trilogy or if it's just one movie, whatever, is amazing and Dark Knight type of film. They'll completely forgive um, the Ben Affleck quitting or being fired or laid off, whatever. They'll forget that. And we'll also get 
we're also getting new different types of movies, especially since they're starting to think that um, they're remaking um, Wonder Woman or making it not a sequel, but its own movie for Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad. Um, I feel like they're yeah. trying to start fresh, but they're trying to figure out how they want to start fresh at the same time. I do want to say, AJ, pa- Patty Jenkins, like, bless her heart, I think she's a, a great director, but she's full of it. Wonder Woman 84 <laughs> is a direct sequel to Wonder Woman. Like, they, l- let's stop trying to be funny here. That's why I said, when they said Suicide Squad is a reboot, I'm like, it can't be a reboot when you have original characters coming back. Like, the actual actors from the last movie. That that confines to be a sequel. You're bringing back the same people. Not the same people, but some of the same people from the original one. It'd be a reboot if you didn't have Harley in it and you had a completely different cast. That's a reboot. That 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 constitutes as a reboot. But for Patty Jenkins to try to make people think that Wonder Woman 84 isn't a sequel, how do you figure? Like, how do you it, – it, she's confusing, but it, it, it's a sequel. It's that's, why, that's, why it's a sequel. that's why I'm saying that they're – I feel like – overall the universe is trying to start over but they still don't know how to like start it over in a in a way that the audience will agree to it is what I'm trying to say like um what's a good example we won't have Man of Steel for we might not have Man of Steel I want to say we won't have Man of Steel we won't have Ben Affleck um Aquaman is staying on, Wonder Woman is staying on, Harley Quinn is staying on. And I think those are the only three main characters from the older stand that are staying on. Um I'm not sure if Viola Davis is staying on as um Amanda Waller or anything. But them getting rid of all the bad stuff or quote unquote bad stuff. Um, from the old DC universe, they're just trying to like recreate it and make it feel fresh. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see the "quote unquote" growing pains that they go into as this moves forward. You know, only time will tell. But um, I'm gonna move on to the next thing. So you know. I guess, like, this news isn't as, like, as big as some of them, but it's not, like, this top ten isn't really a countdown. Uh, but I wanted to kind of talk about the movie New Mutants and what's kind of going on with that. Because, you know, we have where X-Men Dark Phoenix is, quote-unquote, going to be the last movie that's released under the Fox flag. But we still have New Mutants, which, you know, people are wondering, is it going to get a theatrical release? Is it going to just go to Hulu? Uh, Some people are saying trash it altogether. My one problem with that is that, you know, they already made this movie. And I always feel like maybe that's unfair to the actors because at the time they really thought they were creating something. And I feel like that at least their work should be put out there. And who knows, we may actually really like it. We actually may really like New Mutants, um, even though it's not going to go anywhere after that. But the whole, like, confusion with it that we don't really have any kind of, like, specific uh, news on what's happening with it, 
I also wonder why is that? Why is there not any definitive decision made for new mutants? Like we had it with Dark Phoenix, so why is there a problem with new mutants for that to be released? So that I kind of want to highlight that a little. And I guess I'll uh, start with you, AJ. You know, why why is there all of this like confusion around new mutants and its release? Like why aren't they just releasing it like they did with Dark Phoenix? This is one of those matters that is very confusing. Um, what is the release date? Release date for, or supposed to be release date for, New Mutants? Uh, August second of this year. And when is um, um, Dark Phoenix come out? Uh, that is June seventh of this year. Okay, so uh, I I have no idea. Um, I feel like, from my point of view, I think that they should just hold off on New Mutants, keep all the cast and filmmakers on it, let them, like, remake, um, not remake it, but make it into a better film since now they're in the Disney, um, Disney side of it. Uh, let... Dark Phoenix become the last quote unquote X Men movie for the Fox banner and let the people that are already working on New Mutants let them let them focus on that until they get the product that they want to get out and hopefully it'll become a good movie that everybody will praise and I don't know, there's a lot of confusion with this and Nothing makes sense for me at this moment, at this point in time, until we get, like, better news on it. Right. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, Juwan, what are your thoughts with this? <clears throat> like I said on Twitter, trash it. Completely trash it. Uh, this movie, uh, I'm completely over it. Uh, I remember when the first trailer came out, I was beyond hyped for it. It looked like something new. It looked like a mm-hmm. breath of fresh air for Fox. Um, but since then, they've told me well, – not let me not say me. They've told us consistently they're not comfortable with where the movie's at, whether it's Fox, whether it was Fox not being comfortable or the director not being comfortable. Um, I mean, heck, they even recasted uh, Rosario Dawson in, in the, the middle of production and everything to, to recast her. Um, so if you don't feel comfortable with the movie, I'm glad you understand I won't feel comfortable with the movie. So release it on Hulu or release it on your streaming, uh, your Disney streaming service when it comes out, and let that let that be that. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. You can even do like what Bird Box and um, Triple Frontier did, have a limited uh, theater release. Simple as that. And if it builds buzz that way, great. Um, I mean, you know, it has potential to do exactly what Live, Die, Repeat did, which was no one went to see it in theaters because the marketing for it was a nightmare. Um, but as soon as it came out on DVD, it garnished amazing sales, enough for them now to be doing a sequel. So, of course, this isn't going to get a sequel, but you have people losing interest. You've continuously pushed this movie, continuously, continuously, continuously. That shows someone in that organization didn't have faith in it. I now don't have faith in it. So, to me, trash it. I can care less. We know that they're not going to do anything with it going forward. It is pretty much going to be a one-off. I'm at this point to where I could care less. 
scrap it or put it on a streaming service for people to watch it. Simple as that. Well, I would think that at the very least they would want to put it on a streaming service just because as much as, like, as little of faith as maybe the director has and whatever, but it still took money to make this film, so it would still be a wash if they didn't try to get that money back in some sort of way. No, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, they spent a lot of money to make this movie. So when I say trash it, I mean the idea of I could care less about it. So to me, I, I would prefer them to just throw it in the garbage. They're not going to. So the smartest thing to do would be to just put it on the streaming service, Hulu preferably, um, and just let that be that. I mean, there's nothing else you could do. If you release this movie with all this going on, especially since we haven't had another trailer, so there is no momentum for this movie, none, um, because the trailers that we did see, all of that could not be in the movie because, remember, they did, they did reshoots. So none of what we saw in the trailer could be what's actually in the movie. And they're not doing it as, like, smart marketing like Marvel did with uh, Infinity War and Endgame. They're doing it because that footage just doesn't exist. It's not in the movie anymore, like, literally. It, never, uh, it probably never was going to see a light of day. Um, so just release it on a streaming service and let that be that. I mean, it's, it's come on now. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, so uh, moving on uh, to our second to last piece of news for this uh, this morning. I was going to say evening. It's not evening. It's like 11.30 a.m. Uh, Juwan, uh, you can have the uh, number two slot. Oh, perfect. No uh, no pressure at all. All right, uh, for the number two spot, I want to go with the uh, – I'm trying to think. Um, oh, uh, no, I, I don't want to go with that. Shang-Chi. Um, Shang-Chi. What did you say, AJ? Shang-Chi. I, I was going to go with that, but that to me is like – I don't know. I can go on too long about that, and Tia doesn't want that, so I don't want to go there. Um, I wanted to go the the controversy of of Captain Marvel, um, and yeah. I say that's newsworthy mainly because we are a society that um, unfortunately likes to just complain about much to do about nothing. Like everyone who kept saying like Captain Marvel kind of seemed like it was heavily like. You know, throwing in your face, um, uh, you know, of of the the woman, the the female angle and stuff like that. To me, no, they didn't. Like, if you're a misogynist or a sexist, then yeah, I guess you were offended. But if you were like a normal human being, no, it didn't at all. Like me having two sisters, I'm like that was like I felt empowered. The same way when I left Wonder Woman, I felt empowered. It was just like, yeah, like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> I like the idea of having a woman that could go, like, totally knock out a guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's great. I love it. Um, and someone was asking me yesterday um, what was the difference between the reception of Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. Um, and I said, Wonder Woman came out around the start of the Me Too movement. So it was an empowering film. Um, Captain Marvel is coming out at a time where the whole idea of the Me Too movement is divided. Um, it's not as um, overwhelmingly supported 
as it was when it first was created. It's now seemingly become something different. Um, so it's divided now. So you don't have people sharing the same mindset of, yeah, man, let's 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 support the women. Like let's 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 go all in. It's now divided. So I think that's unfair to Captain Marvel, mainly because everyone who thinks it threw it in your face, I would ask, do you watch Supergirl? Because that throws it in your face, and it's like, it's it's Garbage. crazy. Like it to me. When I say throw it in your face, I'm not saying the idea of empowering women. I'm saying, like, almost every episode, Kara and her sister save the day when you have Martian Manhunter in the cave. Like, you don't ever use Martian Manhunter. You only use Kara and her human sister. I'm like, what? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. So why did you introduce Martian Manhunter? So to me, that is the idea of that. But Tia's point when she was speaking about uh, Anna being cast as Starfire and the controversy that people just create around gender and race, um, it, it's just it's frustrating because I was talking to Joel last night, Starfire and Superman, what I think a lot of people like forget, are aliens because they were drawn to look like a certain race. They are not white. They are aliens. Like, is what I don't understand. So, like, Superman 100% could be black and nothing would change about his story. Nothing. Like, literally nothing. You could still have, um, you know, uh, his, the, the parents that Superman had once he, he landed here on Earth, they could still adopt him. Like, adopting is real. That's ultimately what Superman was. He was adopted. So it's just like nothing changes. Captain Marvel being a superhero doesn't change anything. Her being the the future leader of the Avengers doesn't change anything. People just like to be outraged just to be outraged. And I think Captain Marvel unfairly got all of that. But to everyone who thought that was bad, just know the little girl that was in that movie is rumored to be Kamala Khan in a future solo movie. So if you hated Captain Marvel, you're really going to hate Kamala Khan. (laughs) Um, So just prepare yourself for all of that Um, and the idea of expanding through the idea of being um, more fluid in diversity. And that's what Kevin Feige wants. He's been very vocal on Kamala Khan. So, again, if you hated Captain Marvel, you're really going to hate Kamala Khan. (laughs) Well, you know, Juwan also kind of comments on what you said with – I I forget her name. Is it – Anna Dio, right? Did yeah. I get that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, when the first Thor movie was coming out, there was a controversy on uh, Aegis Elba being casted as Hemdall. People were like, there's no black people in, you know, Norway or some shit <laughs> like that. Like, that was, and I was like, I was like, you know, this is like a fictional thing where they're supposed to be quote unquote gods. Like you think they care about race and everything like that. Like to me, I thought that was the dumbest argument that I was seeing online. And I, I wasn't even really truly a fan at that point, just because, you know, the MCU had just begun, but I was like, that's silly. I was like, that's a silly like thing to get pissed off about. So just wanted to comment on that really quick. If anyone remembers, there was controversy around Idris Elba's uh, uh, casting as Hemdall. But yeah, you know me with Captain Marvel. I loved it. Would I say that it is my favorite movie within the MC, uh, the MCU? No, just because 
the Winter Soldier will always forever have that place. I have not seen a movie since that will take that place for me. But I love Captain Marvel. And from a woman's standpoint, yeah, I loved how girl power it was. That was one that was one of the things that I saw was someone was like, well, it was a little too much girl power for this day and age. And I was like, no, it was amazing. And I loved it, all of that. I love that it wasn't afraid. And I've been very, like, careful to try and, like, do comparisons between Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman because I don't feel like it's necessary. We don't compare any of the male lead movies. Um, so I didn't feel the need to ever compare Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. Um, both of them were empowering in their own right. You know, Wonder Woman, she wasn't as in your face. She was in your face in the sense of she's just a powerful woman. If that threatens you as a man, well, then you have other problems that you need to explore, I guess. Uh, But Captain Marvel, you know, put it in your face in the sense that they weren't afraid to uh, comment on some situations. Like, again, with that with that one motorcycle dude who was telling uh, Carol Danvers to smile. And, you know, that's something that we hear so often, you know, she's not smiling. She And, and especially what they were commenting on with Captain Marvel and her marketing. Oh, she just doesn't look like she has any emotion. And it's like, should she? Because if you look at any poster for any of the male led movies, none of them seem to be smiling either. So they weren't, afraid to comment on that and um when we even did our captain marvel review you know nick had pointed out that he didn't necessarily like that they used just a girl from no doubt for that scene he did offer a good alternative i'm not knocking him for saying that because it was so in your face like you know saying that you underestimate her because she's a woman because she's quite a you know, I don't want to say dainty woman, but she's obviously not tall and she's blonde and she, you know, looks cute and young and she could still sit there and kick your ass. So for all the trolls who sat there and wanted this film to be so, you know, bad and wanted to do so poorly, um, it's, it's about to hit like, I think 700 million worldwide. So your trolling did nothing to it. Um, So that's my comment on the Captain Marvel quote-unquote controversy. Uh, I'll move it along to AJ to tell us your comments on this. (laughs) All right. One, um, worldwide box office for Captain Marvel right now is $910 Oh, so I even, like, (laughs) underestimated. I didn't even have the current stats for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um. On Twitter, people already know my stance on all this ignorant BS with Captain Marvel and all the trolls um, trying to downplay it and all of that. But um, to what you guys were saying, I agree. But I will say that comparing movies is fine, but to say that one one movie or the other movie belittles, like, um, empowerment and um, racial, all, all of that stuff, I feel like is one of the dumbest arguments that someone can say, and it just shows how ignorant you are as a as a moviegoer and even as a person in general. You, um, God, Captain Marvel well, was one of those movies. 
Captain Marvel is one of those movies, just like Wonder Woman, like you guys said, empowered them. For me personally, I like Wonder Woman a little bit better than Captain Marvel, but that still doesn't make Captain Marvel uh, any less important to the film community and the comic book community and um, women in general or even guys for that matter. To see, like, a strong female lead um, finally um, come into fruition and seeing people... Uh, seeing people um, saying, oh, um, Captain Marvel is only strong because he's a woman. And one of my argument, argument was that, so what? what is, why does that matter? All male leads are strong because they're male or because of the character. Captain Marvel is strong because of her character or his character, so on and so forth. So that argument is invalid to any any stretch of the imagination. So I, I also feel like that these trolls are just looking looking for clout and planning just to complain. I'm pretty sure because of the box office and not just a million, I'm 100% sure that they all watch this movie, even if they said, oh, I'm not going to watch this movie because Brie Larson said this about the media or Brie Larson said that, even though what they think she said was 100% not true on on what she meant or what she said. Right. And my whole thing with the whole Wonder Woman versus Captain Marvel, like, I'm not saying that you can, you know, you can't like or dislike one over the other. But there was, like, when they announced Captain Marvel and they were first showing pictures, like, you know, people online were, oh, you know, uh, what was it, uh, Gucci version, and there was Wonder Woman, and then Walmart version, and there was, like, Captain Marvel, and it's like, for what? Because Wonder Woman, you know, maybe wears less clothing? Like, I I don't know what the reasoning was for why there was such a comparison between the two. I was like, why? And the best thing is that uh, Patty Jenkins, you know, even congratulated Brie Larson, and I'm like, yeah, there you go, women supporting women, so please shut up. And Zachary Levi supported, um, Captain Marvel as well. Right, right. So it's like this whole like rivalry isn't in the actors, it isn't even in the studios, it's all in like, you know, fans and it's all in their heads that they feel a need to create this divide when instead there should be unity. So uh, that's how I feel about it. But uh, whatchamacallit. So anyway, to the last news point of our top 10, AJ, you have the spotlight. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm going to choose Shang-Chi. Um, <laughs> where is it? it? Um, Destin Daniel Creighton, I think is his um, name, is set to direct Shang-Chi. And Dave, Dave Collingham is set to write Shang-Chi. And what um, Dave Collingham um, co-wrote, at least, what is Wonder Woman 1984, and is co-writing and did um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, too. So him and this type of movie, I'm completely fine with it because you can tell that he's into comic books. He knows how to write or help write comic book movies. So that I'm not worried about at all. 
for the director, Destin, um, during Short Term 12 and The Glass House, which starred Brie Larson and is working on Just Mercy right now, which is going to star Michael B. Jordan and Brie Larson. So what this tells me is that he is a well-liked director from the Marvel cast, So, and they have hope for him. So for at least for me, that tells, tells me that I can put my faith into him to make a good, a good superhero movie and make something that the cast will enjoy um, making with and the people will enjoy watching it. Um, also, I want to say, much like Ryan Coogler's Black Panther, with uh, being all black cast, hopefully that um, Shang-Chi will be an all Chinese cast is what I'm hoping for. And they can dive deep into that mythology of China and much like they did with Black Panther. I really hope that they do the representation um, perfect, perfectly, just like they did with Black Panther. I'm 100% on board with this um, directing director and writer. So this is my last choice, number one choice, um, Shang-Chi. And I think that's amazing, and I do hope that they go the route like Ryan Coogler did and have an all-Chinese uh, cast because that's important. And I think if I'm seeing a trend on our list today is that we really are trying to see diversity in superhero movies moving forward, like Kevin Feige said. So if we could have this, then that would be great because that would be representation on screen that is sorely uh, missed, you know? It's not often that we really see a Asian superhero-led uh, movie, film, um, TV series. I mean, you know, if you look at what the big controversy with Iron Fist was, is that, you know, they casted a white guy to play the main role when they could have casted a Chinese person or someone of Asian descent to add more representation to to that character. And if we can have that now on the big screen, that's really going to speak volumes to to everyone out there. You know, it's really going to. And if they can do it right and not have it where it's, uh, stereotyped or we fall into certain movie cliches and you just have a movie that shows positive representation and shows a good cast, I, I'm 100% for it. Um, AJ, did you hear that they may be considering uh, Stephen Yoon for the role of Shang-Chi? Yeah. Um was that is that the guy and Walking Dead? Yeah, he played Glenn. Yeah, um, I've only watched like two seasons of that, <laughs> but <laughs> him, I think he was one of the best three seasons of that, and I think he was one of the best parts in Walking Dead. So for that choice, I I wouldn't mind, but I also would like to see um Mike um Mo, uh who I how really say his last name, um. What's or his name? John Mike um Mo, I think is his name. M O H. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. So <laughs> don't quote oh, me on that. Oh, he's or, playing um, um 
do you know he's playing Bruce Lee in yeah. the up-and-coming mm-hmm. uh, Quentin Tarantino film? Yeah, and also um, Shang-Chi was, um, was made because of the popularity of Bruce Lee. So that that would be perfect, I would think. Um, the father, I feel like, should play do- played by Donnie Yen. Perfect. Um, the half-sister should be played by um, Fan Bingbing, I think is her name. And um, Shen Q, or his um, nickname, Cat, which is um, Shen Q's, um one of his rivals, should be played by Alex Landy. And I feel like these will... I think he's Korean, though. Um, Alex Landy is Korean. But my point is that this film should... La- should um, be represented represented by all Asians and all of that, which I feel like should be a good thing. Yeah, I 100% agree that they should create another uh, movie similar to what they did with Black Panther because we already saw the success of Black Panther. And I feel like if we, if it, the same thing is done with Shang-Chi, then we can see that as well. Um Unfortunately, Juwan dropped out of this call. I know every once in a while he has phone problems. I was hoping that he would hop back on so he could comment on uh, Shang-Chi, but I guess we'll wait just a little bit on that. But, yeah, that is huge news, honestly, for it to be coming uh, to the film uh, world, to the comic book world. I think that this is great that we're moving forward on this. I think, honestly... Um, the few, and this is the thing. There's so many people who, uh, there's so many people who are wanting to not continue with the uh, Marvel films just because it's a, uh, you know, with Endgame is coming. And I'm like, why? We're gonna get so many other cooler things in they're the just, future. They're they're just saying that just to say that of they'll obviously come back. The fact that they say, oh, oh, I'm not going to come back because of Endgame just shows that they just want pot, um, they want the numbers for Twitter and saying things that people aren't used to hearing and so on and so forth. So I'm not even worried about the box office or anything for Marvel because either way, if they those type of people don't come up, it'll still do perfectly fine because it's a small percentage of people that are saying that. So I'm not even worried. Yeah, I'm super excited for after Endgame. I mean, we have uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. We have, oh, shoot, what else are we getting? Uh, Now I completely draw a blank. I mean, we know that we're getting a Doctor Strange sequel. We know that we're getting now a third Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Black Panther is going to get a sequel. Yeah, Yeah. I can't wait for that movie. I spent yesterday binge watching a few of Jake Gyllenhaal's movies just because. And I thought to myself, I'm so excited that he's going to be Mysterio in the new Spider-Man movie. That looks great. Um, And my one thing actually that now, since we have a little bit of time, so we're getting the Fox and Disney merger, right? Which even began this whole list. And we're getting all of those, beautiful X-Men and Fantastic Four characters. You know, how long do you think it's going to be until 
you know, Sony kind of bends the knee and lets uh, Disney use their characters because, you know, it kind of sucks that we have Venom who's separate from all of this. Well, um, I feel like Disney and Sony are already starting to work together. Just look at Spider-Man, for example. Spider-Man is in the MCU. Um, I'm really hoping. I think Craven the Hunter is a Sony, a Sony character, but I really, I really hope that they get Craven the Hunter for um, not not even for um Spider-Man because he's not ready for that, but for um Black Panther. And mm. I, um, Ryan Coogler talked about it was either um I think it was Craven the Hunter. He wanted Craven the Hunter to be in the first Black Panther, at least part of it. And to see to see him come into Disney in the second film for um for Black Panther, I feel like it can show like the um, what is it called? Poaching and all of that, and show um, give it a light of day, light of day, to let people know that animals are dying and so on and so forth because of these type of people, and people rarely watch watch the news or read articles about these things. So, if we can see this in the movies and entertaining ways, um, we it can would shed start, light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would really cause a conversation because I was even seeing a news report yesterday, like some hunter went over to Africa and killed a lion or something like that, you know, and I'm like, for what, you know, Uh, for what do you need to do that? I mean, it really just kind of disgusts me whenever I see stories like that, because these are endangered animals and they, these are animals that you're only hunting for sport. You know, you're not hunting them to eat them or anything like that. You're hunting them for pure sport. Mm -hmm. And I hate the whole, um, and I don't know if I'm going to get flack for this, but I hate the whole, like, trophy pictures that they do because no one would kill a dog or a cat and take a picture of it. You know what I'm saying? So I, ugh. But that would be a good way to introduce if you had Craven the Hunter in Black Panther Mm -hmm. And I nominate Pablo Schreiber to play that role. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for that you, one, too. I'm up for that You know one. me. I am trying to get Pablo in the MCU any way possible, <laughs> and I think that would be a perfect way to do it. <laughs> Sweet Kevin Feige. He might help you out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect uh, suggestion, uh, AJ. Love it. And then somehow, let's just work on getting John Bernthal into the actual MCU. I don't care if you have a glimpse of him as Frank Castle, like somewhere. I don't care. I still think that you could have had the Defenders, like just seeing them on the street level, just trying to, like, you know, keep shit together as everything was going all, like, awry. But that was just my personal opinion. How tall is but, um, John Bernthal? What'd you say? How tall is John Bernthal? I feel like he can play um, Wolverine, to be honest. I think, <laughs> Thank you. No, seriously, I think that he could be Wolverine as well. 
Um, I think that he would have the perfect attitude, the perfect build, mm-hmm. the perfect, like, look for that. And even I, though – sorry, go ahead. I could see that. I could see, like, Wolverine as and the Punisher. So I, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> well, I, you know, the thing is that, like, unfortunately, I don't think that we're going to see – these characters back from the Defenders first. And I hate, I say that, and it's not something that I hope for because I loved Charlie Cox as uh, Matt Murdock. As you know, I love John Bernthal as Frank Castle, and I would love to see them back. I would love Hulu to get them and something happen, but I don't see either of them playing those characters within the larger MCU, unfortunately. So if that's the case, I would love to have John Bernthal as Wolverine I think I brought that up on one of uh, our shows previously, and it could have been Nick or Jawan who said that, you know, John Bernthal isn't like six foot or anything, but he's 5'10", which is not short. And I think that people are now, if we're going to bring back Wolverine, I think people are looking for more of a comic book accurate height because Mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman was like 6'4", and is not Wolverine at all, but Still, I'm like, you know, 6'4", yes, is a bit tall, but I think that you can spin a, you know, 5'10 Wolverine. I don't see the problem. Yeah, Wolverine was 5'3". It's 5'3". That is short. That is shorter than me. Like, (laughs) that is short. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, you know, AJ, this was a lot of fun. I unfortunately don't think Joanne is hopping back on, but this is a lot of fun doing something a little different uh, with our top ten, kind of going through the current news and what we're hoping for and looking for in the future of uh, Marvel and DC. I guess only time will tell. It's going to be super interesting. But, um, you know, AJ, please tell everyone where we can find you for great content. Uh, you can find me at Geek Vibes Nation or GVNation.com writing articles. Um, you can find me on Twitter at AJ underscore Geeks Vibes. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> AJ is a great contributor to Geek Vibes Nation, also really active on Twitter with like super amount of knowledge. I love the little things that you post on Twitter where you ask people like to vote in certain questions. That's a fantastic way to engage with people. So I really like that you do that. I don't always get to participate because I'm like, ah, I don't really know about this stuff, but <laughs> sometimes, but it's great. It really is. So I'm glad it's that you're doing that. You can huh? join in. It's, you can join in. It's just knowledge. Exactly. No, and I really especially like that. from Juwan and Kanan, they're all they're all smart with all about comic book stuff. The only reason why yeah. I do the only reason why I do all that is because some people don't know about the characters, and I feel like if we have these types of conversations, more people will be able to join them. And well. I think that um, I think Martin is doing a really nice series now on GB Nation where Mm -hmm. he's you know talking about the background of certain characters because you're right, not everyone knows about them. But yeah, uh, Kanan and Juan are a plethora of knowledge when it comes to comic book stuff. So certainly. Uh, look into that and you know you and I got new comic books this weekend, so we'll be doing reviews of that, which will be great. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm excited. 
Yes, yes, I'm going to have to download them and send them to you. But uh, you can find me uh, as a contributor to GV Nation. I'm on Twitter as Tia, that's T-I-A, Fabi, S-A-B-I. Uh, I post frequently, uh, huge fan of American Gods, so right now I'm probably posting a shit ton about that as well. Uh, Pablo Shriver as Craven the Hunter, that's all I'm going to say. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, AJ, thank you for being here. I thank Juwan as well for uh, hopping on and contributing today. This has been a fantastic top 10. I really look forward to next, uh, next weekend. So have a great day, everyone. Bye.